Yo, what's up, guys? You like our podcast? You want to make your own? You have all the power, all the resources you need to make your own podcast. That's right. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, let me give you a rundown. Basically, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. And here's how it works. Anchor lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or your computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to the most popular listening platforms, including Spotify with a single tap. Anchor is also the only place you can publish video podcasts to Spotify, which is super important. With Anchor, creators can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. That's right. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That is anchor.fm to get started. It's what we use. We get a little kickback from it, and we appreciate it. So if you guys want your own podcast, go to anchor.fm to get started. Peace. Hello and welcome to Anatomy of Marriage. I'm your host, Melanie Studley. What's up, guys? My name is Seth Studley. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. Welcome to the show. Today, we talked to our one of our favorite people. We found out something really cool about him. Dr. Gay Hendricks, PhD, the author of The, the Genius, Genius Zone. Zone. You guys, want to get happy? We're going to tell you how. So you got to listen to this episode. We dive into the genius move to the genius spiral zone of incompetence, zone of excellence, and zone of competence and where you guys are. So you're going to learn. And then the genius zone. And then the, the genius zone. So you guys are going to learn where you are and where you aren't and how to get out of it, it's right? It's amazing. It is super awesome. So you guys dive in, listen twice. You're going to love it. Trust me. This show is brought to you by getfaithful.com forward slash anatomy marriage. If you need a psychotherapist, if you need a therapist, a counselor, go to getfaithful.com forward slash anatomy, anatomy of marriage. Talk to someone just like me. You got problems, you got anxiety, you got depression, you got marital problems, all these things. You need to talk to a counselor because you can't do it alone. You got to unload some stuff, some trauma, some PTSD, whatever it is, you guys. Go to getfaithful.com forward slash anatomy of marriage. I've done therapy. I am a therapist. Melanie has done therapy. And we are better people for it because we're not carrying around whatever it was we were carrying around. Again, getfaithful.com forward slash anatomy of marriage to get the help that you need and to get the help you deserve. Go there now. Yay, it's so good to see you again. I'm so excited, and we're going to dive right into The Genius Zone, which is an amazing book. I yeah. pre-ordered it. We have two copies, and we're going to give one away on the show, too, by the way, because it's so impactful. And we talk about this book all the time with our coaching clients and The Genius Move, and I have a whole list of stuff. But... For folks who uh, may be joining us and haven't listened to our other episode where we talked about The Big Leap, could you introduce yourself, please? <laughs> yes. I'm Gay Hendricks. I'm a psychologist and an author, and I live in Ojai, California, which is a little town about 90 minutes north of Los Angeles. My wife, Katie, and I, have um, we're about to celebrate our 40th wedding anniversary uh, <laughs> next month, and so uh, we're uh, making all sorts of plans for that. Uh, Katie and I have worked together for the whole 40 years we've uh, been together. And uh, yeah, we've uh, been on Oprah a number of times and uh, been around the world 30 sometimes teaching our seminars. And um, my big uh, pleasure in life is basically doing what we're doing right now, which is talking about the material that's in the big leap and uh, the genius zone and then our other books like Conscious Loving. And so we spend a lot of our time 
um, in our genius zone. And this is part of what I'm doing in my genius zone, because I love nothing better than to uh, bring this particular message to people's ears. Right. Amazing. That's amazing. It, it's been so helpful. Obviously, you've helped millions of individuals and right. couples, too. And the way that I uh, like went through the big leap, which I read it a couple of times, I just got finished with the genius zone. And there's so many really simple tips and tricks. And the way that you articulate and just the way that you write and use narrative and stories is so inviting. And it really is obvious that you write and you speak and you just walk every day through your mm -hmm. genius zone. And I want to talk a lot about that. But can you tell us a little bit about your newest book, The Genius Move? And, and No, The Genius Zone. Sorry, The Genius Zone. I'm thinking about The Genius Move <laughs> and I was already. Like, we're like, thinking of questions as we're talking. Your newest book, The Genius Zone, and why, why you wrote that. And tell us a little bit about it, please. Yes. Well, The Big Leap sets forth two big things. And one of them is how, <clears throat> how to deal with what I call the upper limit problem, our tendency to sabotage ourselves. And I show people in the big leap how to get out from under that so you're not limited by those old limiting beliefs. And if you do that, you get into what I call your genius zone, which is when you're doing what you most love to do, and you're doing what makes your biggest contribution to the world. That's the sweet spot of genius for me. I want people to tap into their genius and then figure out how to make big contributions to the world around them that makes the world a better place. So I think that's the perfect use of your genius. So that's all in the big leap. When I finished that, which was about 12 years ago, and that came out, I kept working with people and I kept uh, doing more and more uh, fine tuning. And I found that there was this next place that people really needed to get to after they had established themselves by operating a little bit in their genius zone by reading The Big Leap. And that is how to maintain yourself in your genius zone, how to take your leap into there, but also how to stabilize there so that you're basically, the way I compare it to it takes a little bit of energy for a bird to lift off and get into the air. But once you get up into the wind currents, you can steer things much more effortlessly. And the genius zone is about how to be in that sweet spot of your genius in an effortless way that doesn't require stress and enables you to make your biggest contribution at all times without stressing yourself out. And, you know, I meet people all the time and work with people that make big contributions, but in so doing, they've kind of burned themselves to a crisp doing it, you know, and I don't want to see anybody do that. I want people to thrive in their hearts as well as in their minds and in their pocketbooks. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Even you just saying that I, I'm also a licensed, I'm not a psychologist, I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and do programs in Indian country and different, uh, different minority communities. Right. And I, after 13 years, I was completely, completely just burnt out. And now I'm not doing that so much. And I'm rediscovering, I guess, my new genius zones and rediscovering how I can be, you know, in the book, you talk about, okay, 10% of your day living mm -hmm. in your genius zone. What does that look like? And right. then going up incrementally, incrementally growing into and that. then, you know, getting to the place where you are, it was a hundred percent of your genius zone mm -hmm. every day. But I've really found that to be more difficult. And I know it's a process, but tell us a little bit how you go from 10 to 20 to, to 50 to everyday living in your genius zone. Great question. Well, 
the first word that comes to mind that everybody needs to just be with, with any kind of personal change project, is the word commitment. Mm. Because in life, you get what you're committed to getting. Mm. And unfortunately, most of us are, until we wake up, are going around with unconscious commitments that are actually causing misery in our lives. Because let's say due to some various things that have happened in your past, you have an unconscious intention to get even. Okay, that's a very common one. And or maybe you have um, an unconscious intention to stay hidden behind some shyness and that kind of thing. That's an unconscious intention that you got from somewhere. It's an unconscious commitment that you made in a time when you weren't thinking clearly about yourself. And so what we need to do is make conscious commitments. And to get started with opening up your genius, make this commitment. You don't have to know how you're going to do this, but just make this commitment. I commit to bringing forth more of my genius every day of my life. I commit to bringing forth more of my genius every day of my life. That's a big, open-hearted, open-minded commitment that will allow you to discover things about yourself that you never discovered before. Mm -hmm. Because if you can make a big commitment to something you don't really know how to do, that's a very powerful space to be in, in life. Because most of us get so trapped in our programming and our old ways of looking at the world that it doesn't occur to us that we have the key in our hand at any moment. And that key is commitment. Mm. Because I've, I've seen people, you know, make a commitment, a 450 pound person finally makes a commitment to bringing forth a healthy body. And then to watch that person take 250 pounds off over the course of a couple of years. That's very moving. And I used to work a lot more with weight loss patients than I do now, but it's incredibly, of course, on the other side, it's, it's very frustrating sometimes when people don't make that move for themselves. But I, I always say that I get to live on a steady diet of miracles, especially now with the big leap out there in front of millions of people, because every day I have the best inbox you could mm. ever imagine. Every day I open my email and I get email from people who, hey, I read the big leap and I boom and or I did the I did the genius zone uh, tools and I did this. And so uh, I get to open my inbox every day to this amazing collection of uh, miracles. And to me, that's the most satisfying thing in life because I you know, it took a lot of work to get a PhD at Stanford. I will acknowledge that. Yeah. But actually, what I learned there was only about maybe 10 or 15% of what it really took to create the kind of magic in my clients' lives. I had to learn so much more. And interestingly enough, I was once um, at a conference and I was talking to Andrew Weil, who's a well-known holistic medical doctor. And he graduated from Harvard Medical School about the same time I was getting my doctorate from Stanford. And I said, Andy, out of curiosity, how much of what you use in your daily life and your practice now did you get at Harvard Medical School? And it's odd. He and I came up with about the same number. He said maybe 10, 15 percent, mm -hmm. you know, and it was essential stuff 
but there's so much more in life to learn once you think you know it all, you know? Mm -hmm. And when I came out with my new PhD, and I know when Andy came out with his sparkling new MD from Harvard, he thought he knew it all. And I, you know, and I, I didn't realize that I was just beginning because I always say to my students now that the longest best journey they ever make is the 12 inch journey from their head down to their heart. Mm. I had to do it. I think any human being that makes the most out of their lives has to make that 12 inch journey of a thousand miles. And it took me years actually, because I grew up in a time kind of the John Wayne era of life back in the 1950s and everything where boys weren't supposed to cry and boys weren't supposed to say they were scared. And, you know, you really were relegated to anger was really the only relevant emotion that a male could. And same way with women, though, you know, women were given permission to cry or be scared. But back in the 50s, you never saw an angry woman like you do now on television all the time. You know? mm -hmm. And so um, that's that's why to it's integrating ourselves with head and heart is where the real power comes from. Because when you do that, when you come to that place of acceptance with all of your emotions and all of your past and and all of who you are, that opens up this huge new field for manifesting the next big leap for yourselves. And that's where the genius zone comes in because it gets into the dynamics of how to stay there and not keep falling back down into your zone of excellence. Right. Yeah. I would love to know, and this might be kind of a tricky question, but do you have, since you said your inbox is the best inbox, it's just filled with miracles all the time. What stories can you share of readers or clients or people you know that uh, really display that big leap and then staying in that genius zone? Let me give you a great one. As a matter of fact, uh, just as we were about to do our thing here, I got a text from this particular individual I'll tell you about, and I'll make a few changes in the details. Mm -hmm. uh, but he's not well known or anything, but uh, just to keep his identity quite private. Um, I uh, do mentoring with four or five people a year, and they're often entrepreneurs in their 30s and 40s. That's kind of the sweet spot of where I like to help people, because oftentimes the things I can show people in their 30s and up to, say, 45 are things that can create a huge leap very quickly. Um, and so almost all of my mentor people this year, uh, except for one who's uh, in his 60s, are in that 35 to 45 uh, area, and they're all entrepreneurs. So. I've been working with a fellow, and he has a very successful business in the financial services area. As a matter of fact, he has several businesses in the financial services area. And we early on, I asked him what it would take to feel like he made, he made a really big leap during his year of mentoring with me. And um, it's a sizable commitment. Um, the mentors pay, uh, mentor people pay about $25,000 a year, sometimes to $30,000 a year, uh, depending on uh, what they're doing and whether it involves any travel on my part and that kind of thing. But it's basically a $25,000 investment. And so most people take it quite seriously. Yeah. And um, so um, 
I asked him early on what it would look like. And he said, well, I want to get a process started that would lead to eventually selling one of the businesses in uh, one to three years for X amount of money. Okay. And so one of the things that happens in big leap work is it collapses time. If you work it right, you will shorten the amount of time manifestation takes to take place. And so we went ahead and we set these goals and everything. And then we started our work together and our work involves usually challenging different limiting beliefs the person is operating out of and helping them clear up glitch places in their lives and that kind of thing. As a result of that, suddenly, only a few months into this thing, our work together, suddenly out of the blue, somebody calls him and offers him a very large sum of money for one of those businesses that he was thinking about selling in one to three years. Wow. And I get a text from him, you know, several months ago that says, you're not going to believe this. (laughs) (laughs) And I immediately texted back before he even finished that. uh, 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 Before he got to his next text, I texted him back. Oh, yes, I am. What is it? And uh, then he told me that. And that's why I say I get to live on a steady diet of miracles. Um, So to me, that's a classic example, because it collapsed the amount of time. You know, here's a good thing to know. Time does not work as linearly as people think. Mm -hmm. Albert Einstein, I happen to be sitting under the watchful gaze of an autographed picture of Albert Einstein, one of my treasures. My wife gave it to me one year for my birthday. And so I always have it over my shoulder there when I'm working and writing. Um, He said he was asked to explain the theory of relativity to some young people. I think they were 12 years old. And he said, okay, here's how it works. A minute on a hot stove goes by like an hour. But an hour with someone you love goes by like a minute. Why is that? Well, here's why it is. I'm going to explain the Hendrix physics, not the Einstein physics here, (laughs) but the Hendrix physics is when you're with somebody you love, every cell in your body is reaching out for union. You want to be in that person's space. If you're with your beloved, let's say you want to have union with that person. And you also want to have a space in which both of you are your own unique, separate individuals. And then there's this other thing that's a union between you. So your cells are wanting to make that happen. And so in that outgoing flow of energy, we lose track of time. You know, it, we it's in a timeless zone. It's where, you know, if you remember when you were a kid, you'd be playing And then somebody would say, come in for dinner. And you'd say, oh, you know, is it that time? I didn't even realize I was hungry. You know, I was so into whatever I was doing. I said, oh, wow, yeah, I'm hungry. But I hadn't realized it. And that's the timelessness that happens when you open up to being in this moment. Now, what problem? the problem that Einstein said on the other end of it, what's happening when you're sitting on a hot stove is that all of your cells are trying to get away from where you are. They don't want to be there. And so you're contracting toward the middle 
And that puts you squarely in time because when you've got that much stress in not wanting to be in this moment, guess what? This moment crawls down to a crawl, slows down. And so blessings to Uncle Albert Einstein for pointing that out because it happens in real life so much that in one situation after the other, we're put in situations that make us feel uncomfortable or often get us stuck. That's where the new book has something, I think, very essential to say, because in the new book, I talk about how your genius moments of life are often the ones where you do feel stuck. And if you work it right in that moment, I'll show you how to work it right in a moment. But if you work it right in that moment, you can transcend stuckness directly into open genius field right there in that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell us how. Well, well let me I'm share. Gonna, well, well, there's so many cost you twenty nine ninety five. <laughs> I know. So the, the book, I, I, it seems like I underlined more than I didn't. And I have I know, you know right. dog ears all over the place. And there's so many places I want to go. But one thing... Um, uh, I mean, you, you've talked about commitment. You've talked about uh, genius. Well, I, um, I think you talked about in the Big Leap, um, um, Einstein time. Yeah, yeah, Einstein time. Yeah. And here, oh, hold on. What are you doing? Sorry. <laughs> get it in here. Um, well, you talked about commitment. We get the positive things we're committing to getting, right? right? So a daily practice of committing to this, of even visualization. I see myself there. I see myself at that weight. Mm-hmm. I see myself eating healthy and the power of committing is so it's kind of like so one of our kids is learning to skateboard right and i skateboarded as a kid so i know how and he's learning to drop in and that's when you put your skateboard at the top of the ramp it's really scary yeah but you have to lean forward right and it's called dropping in and once you do that of course gravity takes over there's no coming back and usually you will mess up if you stop committing halfway through, right? You'll just uh-huh. eat it and hit the pavement, right? But the power of committing actually brings you success, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. I can I can still drop in on a 10-foot ramp, and it's scary. <laughs> but if I just go, okay, I've committed, and I go, I nail it every time, mm-hmm. right? So the power of commitment. And I want our listeners to hear that, whether they're struggling with individual goals or, or relationship goals, the power of committing to a certain goal of health or like, okay, this isn't going to work committing that Mm -hmm. way too. There's a lot of power in that. So I just want to encourage folks. Right. So what does it take? Like, tell us from your perspective, like what is it to get out of that spot we don't want to be in? Yes. Well, uh, like the big leap was about two big things. The genius zone is about two big things. And the, the first big thing is about how to spot genius moments and Mm -hmm. the way you spot them. Interestingly enough, or look for those moments where you feel stuck or uncomfortable or don't know how to solve a particular problem. The reason I say that is because every time you're upset or feeling stuck, it's because you're trying to control something that's not within your power to control. That's what gets human beings stuck is like my old buddy, Wayne, uh, the late Wayne Dyer put it, he said, the tendency when human beings encounter a situation that they don't know how to deal with that's making them unhappy is they try to do more and more of what already isn't working, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and think about that, you know, like the classic example is uh, at a border crossing. One time I was um, 
the person in front of me was trying to communicate with the clerk and didn't the clerk didn't speak English. And the guy in front of me, his solution to it was to talk even louder than he was talking before to try to get the person who didn't understand him. And so that's a tendency of human beings is to do more of what already isn't working. And it's always because we're trying to control something that there's no controlling, like we're trying to get the other person to understand and, and they don't, they don't follow that. And so what often gets us stuck in relationships is the whole thing of, um, trying to control or manage what the other person is feeling rather than just being open to hearing what they're feeling, Mm -hmm. to having transparency in the relationship. And so that's what we, of course, have been advocating for many, many years. So my big advice, first of all, is not to shrink away from those moments that make you feel uncomfortable because they have the seeds of your genius right in there. Because every time, if you say, okay, hmm, what am I trying to control here that I don't actually have any control over? Letting go of control of that ah, actually opens you up to that open, clear genius zone that I'm talking about. You have to feel it to believe it. That's the reason, like the other day, uh, somebody uh, put a picture on Instagram of them uh, reading the genius zone in a bikini on the beach. And uh, I said, Great, take it to the beach, but then take it home for an hour and sit by yourself in your room and just do the techniques it says, you know, because there is it's the the book is basically transcripts from sessions I've actually done. So it's as real life as you can get. And so if you listen to the audio book or or read the uh, regular book, it takes you through the instructions of how to do this. And it's really worth paying an hour or two of your life to learn how to do that. If somebody had given me this book when I was in the seventh grade, I think I'd avoided a lot of the misery of being a teenager. <laughs> yeah. it's So I, I want to go, that's a great point. I want to go into, because I think what you're talking about is the genius movement. I, I do have a question, like in, in order to get to our genius zone, we have to identify where we're feeling stuck, right? And you have a four-part process in this. And I'm not going to read the whole thing verbatim. I want people to go and get the book and figure out for themselves. But the first part is identify what is making you unhappy. Identify what is making you feel uncomfortable, right? So you go sit with that like, oh, there's this thing. I'm uncomfortable. I don't like how it feels. And then step number two is something like, well, you can tell me, of course. Uh, (laughs) uh, Like, okay, um, identify that. Let go. Ask yourself what I'm trying to control that's uncontrollable, Mm -hmm. right? And then let it go. Right. And then the Why last you let step, him talk about oh, sorry. it. <laughs> oh, no, go ahead. I was just I was I'm agreeing with you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, and then the last step is identifying what you can control. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell yes. you the truth. If, if I emailed you, this would be in one of your like you would smile when you read it. But like I, I read this book on a plane, just couldn't put it down. And then just this morning on my run slash walk, there was something that I could feel like ah, this is giving me some anxiety about an upcoming thing that we're doing. It's like, is this the right move? Is it not? And I, I identified it. I did the whole step and then said, okay, can I control this? You know, I can't. I cannot control it. What I can control is what I think about it right now. And what I can't control is me going from a jog and doing some sprints around a lap. And it felt really good. I was like, I can control this right here. And it really gave me a, a confidence boost. And I honestly think that I was in my zone of genius the way that I was thinking 
was running around those laps. Plus, it was healthy for me, right. too. But is that a way that you can get unstuck and then identify what your genius is? Yes, that that's a great example. I love that because oftentimes, too, you need to make the decision to get unstuck before you even know what you were stuck about. It's not important to know what's got you stuck. It's just noticing that feeling in your body of, eh, I don't feel really great right now, or, oh, I'm peeved at Sam or Jane, you know, those kind of thoughts. Um, and what happens, of course, is that the problem is that we get so tied up in thinking about things that we don't actually have any control over that it doesn't occur to us to do something <laughs> that we actually do have control over. Mm -hmm. And like a classic example is somebody uh, told me that um, this was a person who <laughs> uh, had a great marriage for 23 years, and then his wife, God bless her, uh, passed away in his arms from breast cancer, and he was single for a number of years. And then he he saw a woman that he wanted to call up and ask out on a date. And it, he hadn't done that, you know, since he was 20 years old. And so he felt weird about that. And he couldn't actually bring himself to do it. And so he came by and we were talking about it. And I was kind of helping him open up to his fear a little bit and acknowledge and feel, you know, and it turned out to be a very touching thing because underneath it, he was afraid that if he really felt affection for this new person, it would somehow mean something about his marriage, you mm -hmm. know, that, that it hadn't been sacred or something like that, you mm -hmm. know, and so we kind of worked with that and got to the point where he was able to say, okay, I get it, you know, mm -hmm. that, that it doesn't have to limit me in that way. My wife would actually want me to be in a new relationship mm -hmm. right now. But the interesting thing was, he was telling me that the first time he, he sat there and he was trying to pick up the phone and he was in his mind kept running through. Well, what if she says she's not interested or what if she thinks I'm a 60 year old fool, you know, or, you know, he was running through all these scenarios. And then he suddenly realized, wait a minute, I'm trying to control what her reaction might be. And what I'm overlooking doing is picking up the phone and actually doing it. You know, so <laughs> it was a beautiful example of what the cost of that, all that negative thinking in our minds is. It causes us to overlook the obvious. But anyway, he called her and I actually attended their wedding. Aww. And so, um, uh, and now they, uh, they have, um, she's, she's, uh, from the Czech Republic, and they now live over there and operate a big uh, business conference center. And so um, happy ending like that, you know, is one of those steady diet of miracles things that uh, that I wish for everyone in the world to have. Right. Oh, that That's so amazing. Cool. I want to talk about sort of that upper limit problem conversation and how that manifests, because I've noticed we've been talking about some big changes in our business, in our home, where we live, all these, you know, like the big things of life. And yeah. I have noticed myself in the past probably week, there's been two times when I'm like, okay, I'm going to actually take a big leap. I'm going to step into my zone of genius and I get a headache mm. or yeah. I get a stomach ache. It comes out of completely. And I never get headaches. I never get stomach aches. And I have had to sit there and be like, this isn't, and it's going to sound weird to say even, 
this isn't real. This headache is not real. And it will go away like that, which is about that, the weirdest thing ever. That re- Well, that reminds me of one of the stories you told in The Big Leap when you had a colleague who was going to do something like in academia and he like just, he choked, he lost his mm. voice, right? But right. And, right before. And I was on a podcast with this entrepreneur, like millionaire guy, and we were talking, 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 and it came time towards the end of the interview for me to say, Okay, what we're doing, you know, plugs Where people for can find Instagrams us. and yeah. stuff like that. And I promise you, my voice just went <laughs> like a frog, started croaking. And I was like, and I told Melanie, that it reminded me of what you said, right. Gay. Like that was a that was an upper limit. I ulped, right? Yeah. Kind of thing. <laughs> so let's talk about the realness of that yeah. for, for a minute. Yes. Well, I uh, also, um, your beautiful story about the headaches pointed to something that happened to me early when I was beginning to catch on to this stuff way back, gosh, this goes back into the 1970s. I felt one day that I had the flu coming on and I'd been struggling in a relationship because I had a big lie that I was sitting on top of. Uh, I hadn't told my beloved who I was, you know, it was kind of unclear about whether we were exclusive with each other, but I had this little one-nighter, and one good way to tell if you really ought to tell somebody something is if your mind keeps coming up with justifications for not telling them something. Right. <laughs> right. So I'd been lying to myself saying, oh, I don't need to tell her that because we don't really have an agreement about that. And but it just the voice kept going in my head. And one day I was driving along in my Volkswagen back then, my VW Bug, and I felt like I had the flu coming on. And I remember it was pouring rain at the time. And as I was driving along, just feeling miserable, my nose was streaming, I'm coughing and everything. And I suddenly realized, oh, my word, could I have given myself a flu out, out of this undeclared truth, this unspoken truth that I've been setting on? And it suddenly became clear that that's exactly what I was doing. And I pulled over to a phone booth and had this 10 minute, what I call a 10 minute sweaty conversation. You know, most problems can be resolved with a 10 minute sweaty conversation. And my sweaty conversation was, I don't honestly love you anymore. And I had this one night stand and I feel guilty about it. But the bigger picture is, I think it's time for us to go our separate ways. And let's talk about that. But the interesting thing was, I get back in the car, my flu is gone. It's still pouring rain, but I'm fine again, you know? And so for 30 minutes or so while I was doing this, I felt like I had the genuine flu and then boom, it goes out in the middle of nowhere. Right. Yeah. I think it's just amazing and it's not surprising at all because we're so interconnected, you know, that mind body connection and all of that. It's not surprising that these things, our inner turmoil, our distress would cause these physical manifestations. And I'm going to totally like record scratch and talk about something that is not on our agenda, but you were friends with Wayne Dyer. (laughs) Is that real? I cannot tell you. Oh, I'm so jealous of you right now. Seriously. You would would love Wayne in person. He and I sort of started out at the same time, actually. Uh, 
interestingly enough, both of us were professors in universities teaching counselor, counselor education right. and psychologists and that kind of thing. And uh, he um, was out in the Midwest and I was, um, I got my doctorate at Stanford, but I got my master's training on the East Coast at uh, New Hampshire. So uh, yeah, we came out of the same background. And interestingly enough, in the early days, Wayne would drive around from radio station to radio station in his old car with the boxes of books in the back. And I started doing the same thing. I copycatted Wayne. He was out there a few few years before me. But when I, uh, I remember my, this is my pre-Katie days when my first book came out. And so picture me and my girlfriend in my VW camper bus driving around, uh, going to radio stations and putting books out of the back, going into bookstores and say, hey, I'll give you one free if you'll buy right. four, you know, or whatever the deal was, right. or sometimes would you even just display one on the, uh, in the front window? And half the time they'd say no, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it doesn't matter because I had a message. And right. to me, I mean, gosh, I want to live a wide life. I don't want to just live a long life. I'm, I'm delighted that I'm getting to, to be, to have a long life. Um, but Wayne, you know, he was one of those guys too. He wanted to live a big, wide life, not just a long life. And so he was out there experiencing things all the time and went through all sorts of griefs and joys and times when his career flamed out and then reborn two or three times, you know? And so I. Ooh, you're frozen. Hold on. Maybe it'll catch up. I froze up, didn't I? Yeah, there we go. No, you're back. Yes. I'm saying Wayne reminded me of of, uh, the Bobo doll my daughter used to have. You know, you'd knock him down and then he'd boing, boing, (laughs) boing. Yeah, that is is awesome that you knew him. His his work has really influenced us. Right. like right. it's, it's sometimes we it's, it's going to sound trippy and weird to maybe some listeners, but we don't care. It's like, oh, yeah, Wayne's just over there, you know, like kind right. of that, that's that energy still, you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so that's that's amazing. One one other one last thing. And I want to be respectful of your time. But could you walk us through? So there's a point in the book where you talk about the genius spiral. Hold right that for you. Here and we here's go. The, the little graphic for folks watching on on YouTube, the genius spiral. And, it, and in the lower box, it says my incompetence box, my competence box, my excellence box, and my genius spiral. And I'll tell you the truth. When you gave the questions in this, I was like, because the incompetence box is, is things that you really shouldn't be doing if you can kind of farm it out, you know, like what, whatever that is. Like I, I'm, I'm a, a psychotherapist. My zone of genius isn't really you know, cutting grass or, or, or plumbing doing, or plumbing or doing landscaping <laughs> stuff, but I can do it and I'm okay at it. Right. Mm-hmm. People don't pay me to do it. I just save money to do it. And then my other is building programs, mental health programs and thinking outside of the box and unlearning a lot of stuff. That was my genius zone for a while. And it is no longer, but I really had a hard time kind of figuring out what exactly the genius genius zone was and truly i believe it's it's things like this it's exploring these being vulnerable and uh talking about these things yeah well i think that uh you're really on to your genius zone now you're in your genius zone at this very moment and so if you can identify what is it about what i'm doing right now with this mic in my hand and 
sitting next to my beloved and talking to a sky that I like. And what is it about that that's my actual genius? What is it about that? Because down underneath that, you will find a nugget that you can apply to every other area of your life too. Once you get this genius feeling, you can bring it when you're sitting next to somebody at a little league game or coaching uh, whatever. And by the way, what does sub pop mean? I'm just reading this. <laughs> oh, it's a it's a record label here in Seattle. It's what That's, Nirvana was on, isn't it? Yeah, like it was, that. It was a yeah, famous... it's a record label out here. Yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. I didn't. I, I thought maybe your children had given this to you as a substandard pop or something oh, no. like that. No, I hope not. He's not a great dad. That's what that means. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a number one dad, right? <laughs> Below the line, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, I've totally forgotten. Oh yeah, yeah, genius power. Well, the reason the first three are boxes is because they're very limiting. Like the incompetence box, you're doing stuff you're not good at, and uh, somebody else could do it a lot better. The competence box, you're doing stuff you're good at, but somebody could do it just as well. And those are the two that I beg and cajole you to delegate as soon as possible. Find some way to get somebody else to do those things, because that's eating up time in your excellence and genius spiral. Your excellence zone is a good place to be up to a point. But um, it's not a good place to end up because when you're in your excellence zone, you're doing stuff that you're uniquely good at and you're, you're better at it than We froze again. Mm. Is start asking yourself, what is my true genius? Wait, you actually froze for a second. I'm so sorry. You started talking about the genius, the excellent zone, and you said you were it's it's things you're good at. Good at other. Yeah. So sorry. Rewind. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So uh, again, incompetence box stuff you're not good at. Somebody else can do it better. Competence box you're doing okay, but somebody else could do it just as well. Excellence zone very good to start with, but don't stay there. Excellent zone is when you're doing stuff you're good at and people reward you for it and pat you on the back and everybody's happy except you ultimately, because if you stay there too long, you don't ask the big question of what is my true genius? Mm. Like, what am I really here for? What is the sweet spot of what I most love to do and what can make my biggest contribution to the world? But focus first on what do I most love to do? Because that's probably the best question to home you in on your genius to get started. Because if you can find that, like going back to childhood even, what did I love to play with when I was a child? You'll find oftentimes the seeds of your genius go way, way, way back there and just haven't been watered recently. And now you Mm. begin to want to nurture them more. That's really interesting because I kept thinking as you were talking, like what what did I do as a kid that would how could I overlay that into what I am in my genius zone space? Mm -hmm. And I love doing anything like climbing. So, but climbing is a constant growth. You can't stay stagnant. You're always growing. Mm -hmm. And as I I think about that, I'm like, that's all I want to do is talk about growth and help people out and look, where's the next thing? How do we reach here? How do we change that? So that's totally bizarre. Not bizarre. I mean, of course it's what is correct. Yeah. That, that is so awesome. I can eat this stuff up all day and 
Man, Gay, thank you so much. I, uh, you know, let me let me ask one question. <laughs> I asked you this last time, and it might be the same answer. But what is one thing that's just bringing you jazz right now? What are you loving? And just like, yep, I'm super into this, no matter what it is for right now. Ooh, well, I just got a brilliant idea submitted to me by one of my former mentor people and who is herself a business genius and has a number of interesting companies. Uh, But she, I happened to be on the golf cart this week and she texted me this genius idea and I was knocked out with it. And I said, that is such a great idea. Let's be partners. And so we we're, I can't tell you what this thing is yet, but you'll hear about it down the line. But it. <laughs> it just suddenly whoosh, you know, and I was sitting there chattering with my golf buddy afterwards, you know, you know, because it's it's juiced me up a lot. Awesome. It's so exciting. Well, I can't is, wait to hear crazy. what it is. It's like uh it's the the time that we talked to you before, the this book hadn't uh come out yet. And that was what was giving you jazz. I was like, okay, pre-order it. When we got off the thing, we're looking forward to it. So this gives us another really cool, I know. exciting, genius thing to look forward to. Right. So, we'll have you back on when the business is popping. I know. That's, that's <laughs> awesome. So for listeners out there, we have an extra copy of this. And if you go to Instagram and rate and review the show and take a screenshot of that, boom, I will send you the Genius Zone in the mail. Um, and for guys who don't do Instagram, go buy this book. It is awesome. I have recommended it to all of our mm-hmm. coaching clients, and I'm not just saying that. I really so have, good. and it has helped me out so much, and I'm not going to read it just once. Trust me on that one. Yeah. So, okay, for other things that you want people to find out about, where can they go to get more information? The main place is Hendricks.com, H-E-N-D-R-I-C-K-S.com. And uh, if you want to buy the new book, uh, a good place to do it is GeniusZoneBook.com. Uh, reason being that... Um, there you can get a download of a special guided meditation that I did. It's got some beautiful music behind it and contains several of the key affirmations from the new book as well as the big leap. So uh, geniuszonebook.com is the place to go look there. Awesome. I, I love reading the big leap because you had narrated it and it was so. So if you're doing also guided meditations, then I'm going to go get those. Uh, yeah, too. for I sure. I didn't know about that. I'm going to check that out too. Yeah. So you guys, honestly, go get the book. Gay Hendricks, PhD, The Genius Zone. You guys are going to love it. You'll thank me for it later. Trust me. Yeah. And Gay, thank you again so much. It's been a wonderful pleasure and honor to talk to you once again. And uh, yeah, just very thankful. So thank thanks you. a lot, my man. Blessings to you. Good luck with all your coming changes. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> right, talk to you later. Bye. We hope you love this episode as much as we love this episode. OMG, I cannot believe he was friends with Wayne Dyer. Hashtag Wayne Dyer is the yeah, best. Triple. Hashtag Gay Hendricks is the best. So you guys, as I said in the show, we have an extra copy of this book. Go rate and review the show on iTunes. Send us a screenshot on Instagram and you will get this, right? The first one to do it, the first one I see in my DMs on the phone, you will get this book. I promise you we will do that. So go and do that and also tell your friends about it. Tag people too. It's, Tag people. Yeah, okay. such an amazing book. Um, yes. And like Seth said, rate and review the show. We'll send you the copy of that book to the person who does it. I don't know how. And Seth's doing all this stuff, so I ain't. Don't get mad at me when he doesn't do it right. Hey, I did, anyway, it, I did it before. So, we love you. We yes. hope you enjoy this interview and that it helps you find your zone of genius. Amen, sister. So, all right. We love you and we'll see y'all later. All right, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.